All right, receive the tithes and the offerings if you would, fellas. I appreciate that. And so they'll be uh, collecting up the tithes and the offerings, receiving those, you know, receiving the tithes and the offerings. Let's go to 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter, if you would. 1 Corinthians, while they're receiving, receiving the tithes and the offerings. Let's go to 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter. 1 Corinthians... 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter, as they're receiving the tithes and offerings. Let's turn there. I'll give you a moment to turn. Uh, As I've stated, the Lord's laid it on my heart to make some adjustments here at Summit Church. And so I'd like to share them with you this morning on Vision Sunday. And uh, we'll say various things about this throughout the month of, of January. Uh, Now, notice in the first chapter of 1 Corinthians 14, notice the first two words uh, say, pursue love. Pursue love. Real loud, say, pursue love. Let's say it one more time. Pursue love. You know, we ought to be walking in love towards one another, shouldn't we? And the Bible says love never fails. Did you know your flesh doesn't always want to walk in love? But the Bible says, pursue love first. Now, this this chapter has to do with the Apostle Paul explaining spiritual gifts, particularly those verbal gifts, tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. And he's talking about it. And, and we'll dissect this whole chapter as we go through the month of January. But he's talking about the spiritual gifts, you know, and particularly the verbal gifts. But it's interesting that... Uh, before he says desire spiritual gifts, before he says that, he says, what does he say? He says, pursue love, doesn't he? Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. So we can have, we can do both, can't we? We can do both. Now, and then of course the Apostle Paul then proceeds to give instructions about tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy in the local church setting. And like I said, we'll cover various aspects of that throughout the month of January. We'll also look at just the general flow of the Holy Spirit, you know, in the church service, in the local service like we have here this morning. We'll get to all that as we go throughout the month of January. But notice, uh, skip on down to verse 22, 1 Corinthians 14, 22. Notice, let's read just a couple of verses here. The Apostle Paul, writing at the direction of the Spirit of God, says, Therefore, tongues are for a sign, not to those who believe, but to unbelievers. Now, think about that. He says tongues are a sign to unbelievers. Now, think about that. Tongues are a sign to unbelievers. Prophesying is not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. We'll say more about this as we go. Then notice verse 23. Therefore, if the whole church comes together in one place and all speak with tongues. Now, don't get hung up on the word all. Just if the whole church comes together in one place and there's people speaking with tongues. Now, it says all speak with tongues. So you can make an argument that it's okay if you have 150 people gathered together that 149 do it as long as one's not. Let's don't be pharisaical. Say amen. Amen. So if the whole church comes together in one place and their speaking in tongues is going on, and they're, now watch this, and there come in those who are, who are 
what? Uninformed are unbelievers. Now, did you now, now underline those two words with me? Two groups of people. Unbelievers. Those are people who, who don't believe. They're not saved. And then the uninformed. Uninformed as to what? Uninformed as to the spiritual gifts. They don't, they believe on Jesus, but they don't, they don't have, it's like the, that group of people that, that Paul was ministering to there. And he said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And he said, we don't even know that there is a Holy Spirit. Yet they were saved men. They were believers, but they were uninformed. And there come in those who are uninformed or unbelievers. Will they not say you are out of your mind? Therefore, let's read it again. If the whole church comes together in one place and all speak with tongues and there come in those who are what? Uninformed or unbelievers, will they not say you're out of your mind or you're crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Why? Because they're uninformed. But if all prophesy, if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, comes in where? Comes into a service like this. Notice, he is, he or she is what? Convinced by all, convicted by all, and thus the secrets of his heart are revealed, and so falling down on his face, He will worship God and report that God is truly among you. Now, the Lord has been dealing with me about Summit Church being only for believers who are informed about spiritual gifts. And that as a pastor... I haven't been walking in love as I should toward unbelievers and believers who are uninformed about spiritual gifts. The Lord's corrected me. I don't like it when he does that. Most people don't like to be corrected. But he's corrected me with his word. And I want to say this again. He's been dealing with me about this church If you look at it, it's really just been set up the way we've set it up for the last 15 years, more or less. It's really been only for believers who are informed about spiritual gifts. And that as a pastor, I haven't been walking in love as I should toward unbelievers or toward believers who are uninformed about these spiritual gifts. Now, while in prayer... While in prayer, the Lord did commend me that we do have an excellent church. Now, it's not perfect. How many knows that there's no perfect churches? You know why this church isn't perfect? Because I go here. And because you're here. Did you hear me? I said, this church isn't perfect because I'm here and it's not perfect as well because you here. We're not perfect folks. Now, if that last part bothers you, you need to repent. I'm willing to say I've missed it. But in prayer, the Lord commended me that we have an excellent church, though not perfect. You won't find a perfect one. You'll only find a perfect one until the honeymoon wears off. 
I don't care where you go. You go through that honeymoon. Once the honeymoon wears off, okay. But he did commend me that we have an excellent church for believers who are informed about spiritual gifts. But he hasn't been pleased with, with me in that I haven't been walking in love toward unbelievers and believers who are uninformed about spiritual gifts. Now listen to me. For God to begin to draw these people, who am I talking about? Let's, let, let's, see, if, let's see if we can do those circles up there. Let's put one of those circles up. I've got, I had a nice picture for you. I don't know if they're going to work or not. But you see, you see the purple one? That's kind of the way our church has been. It's, it's been for in people who are believers and they're informed about spiritual things. So you have a church like this and, and, and everybody here is a believer. They believe and they've been baptized with the Spirit. and We speak in tongues. It's not going to throw anybody for a loop. But, but you get an unbeliever come in or an uninformed believer, they're going to think we're crazy. Now, you've got to hear me all the way out on this. You see, the church shouldn't just, we shouldn't just be for informed believers. We should be for informed believers, all right. But we should also be a church that is going to minister to unbelievers, getting sinners saved, as well as people who come in here who don't know anything about the gifts of the Spirit. You know, I mean, we need to, we need to, to, to be able to inform them concerning spiritual things. And if they think we're crazy before we get to inform them, what good is it? Now, for, for the Lord to begin to draw these people, I said for the Lord to begin to do it, to draw unbelievers our believers who, uninfo- who are uninformed, we're going to need to make some slight adjustments around here. And it has to do with the pulpit and the way we run things. For him to begin to draw these people, we must make an adjustment and walk in love toward them. What does the Bible say? Pursue love. And walk in love toward them. Now, now listen carefully. Boy, let's say I'm listening. Now, now get this next part. Now listen. For the Lord to begin to draw these people, these unbelievers or these uninformed believers, we're going to have to make some adjustments. And, and, and I want to do that in line with the Word of God. I don't think anybody has trouble doing something in line with the Word of God. Hopefully you won't. But to do this, we are not... Are you listening now? Are you listening? Yes. We are not going to become... We are not, are not, are not, are not going to become what is typically known as a seeker-friendly church. Now, we're not going to do that. We're not going to become what is typically known as a seeker-friendly church and move away from the Holy Spirit, but rather a seeker-loving church and move more in line with the Holy Spirit. Which will require all of us, including me, to move up to a higher level concerning these spiritual gifts. To move up to a higher level. To move up to a higher level. 
I said to move up to a higher level concerning these spiritual gifts, and I'm going to go over that with you again. To move up to a higher level, you see. Did you hear me? So I want to say it again. We are not going to become what is typically known as a seeker-friendly church and move away from the Holy Spirit, but rather a seeker-loving church and move more in line with the Holy Spirit which will require us to move up to a higher level. Now, a lot of times folks don't like to move up to a higher level. A lot of times folks just like to keep it just like it is. You know, in sports, any time I've ever, in sports as I've gone along and I've achieved a certain level of proficiency in sports, I get, I get so good at whether it's bowling or golf or whatever it is, and, and you get so good and that's as far as you can go unless you want to do some things to cause you to get stronger and better. And every time I've taken a lesson, the professional, the other day, I, I've got my bowling now, I bowl for exercise and I got it up to about 170 average. Well, that's all right, but I'm not satisfied with that. So if I want to get better, I'm going to have to change some things. The pro came out and said you need to hold the ball a little differently. I didn't like that. Because when I did what he said, I threw a few gutter balls. So I went back to my, so my old way. So I'm going to stay about 170 until I make those adjustments and am willing to throw some gutter balls. But if I'll stick with it, eventually I'll get better. See, I'll get worse for a while. But then I'll get better. And when I get better, I'll be stronger than I was before. And then my average will go up, you see. And it's been the same in any sports endeavor I've ever done. So to make a change and to move up to a higher level, it's, it's, it's not as easy and fun, but it's beneficial. Now, the question then is, in running this church, have I been wrong all these years? The answer is no and yes. Could there be both answers to that question? Yes. I, have I been wrong in the way I've run this church? No and yes. I have, now, now, I have had the right content, now I'm not perfect, but I've had the right content in flowing in these spiritual gifts over the years, but I think at times the wrong context or the wrong setting. Did you know there's a time and a place for everything? Now listen, for informed believers, people who are believers and they understand about tongues, interpretation of tongues and prophecy and all of that, for those people, I have been pretty effective. But for the unbeliever or the uninformed believer, my attitude has been, we're not putting the Holy Spirit in the back room. Now, have you ever heard me say that? We're not putting the Holy Ghost in the back room. And we're not. Say we're not. We're not, we're, we're not doing that. I will, I'll chain the door shut before I do that. But when I say that, the impression that is left toward the unbeliever or the uninformed believer, is that they can get in, get out, or get run over. And that's not love. And I haven't been walking in love. I'm lost God, I'm not going to put the Holy Ghost in the back room. Well, I'm not. Say, I'm not. No, say, we're not. No, we're not. I'm not going to do that. But when I say that, 
Where does that leave an unbeliever who's in attendance that Where does that leave a person that is a believer and they're here to service and they don't know anything about the gifts of the Spirit? So they're going to think I'm crazy. They're going to think we're crazy. Now, I need to start walking in love towards these folk. Now, Somebody would ask, well, Pastor, why have you been that way all these years? Well, in part, it's been due to my spiritual upbringing under those. You know, I've been living with my mom now. Uh, she's been with my wife and I for the last three years. And it's, it's, it's amazing how much I became like her. I lived with her till I was 25. And then we haven't lived together for many years. Last three years, she's been living with us. And just looking at the things she says and does, it's amazing how I have become just like her in many ways. For the good and the not good. And you have to realize that I have been the way I have been, at least in part due to the ministries and the churches that I've learned under. And good ministries, nothing, I mean, good ministries. But if you really go back and look at their ministry, they're ministering primarily to believers who are informed, who are informed. That's who they've ministered to. And that's kind of who I've ministered to. And if you look around this church, primarily the people that you have here are people who are believers, who are informed. You don't have very many sinners come here. You don't have very many believers who are uninformed about spiritual things come here. Why? Because really the church hasn't been set up to minister to them. It's kind of been set up for this group of people who are believers and they already know some things about tongues, interpretation, tongue, prophecy. So, so I, now can you just blame the way you are on your upbringing? You, you can do that. There's a truth there. But that's not, I mean, I'm not, so I'm not trying to lay it off on, on, on people that I learned under. I mean, they had good ministries, good, good things and all of that. And, and what I have done hasn't been that bad. It's just we've kind of left out these other two groups of people. And why can't we have a church that ministers to everybody? Now, you have to realize this, that no matter what kind of church you have, people are going to get up and walk out in the service. They walked out on Jesus, and by the way, he was perfect. But where the Lord really began to deal with me some time back is we had had a ministry outreach here, and some good people of the church went out into the community, and actually some people came, and they they came to the church. And I remember there was a young couple that was back over in this section the one day. And there was a fellow that was back over here. And he had brought some little kids with him. And they were seeking God concerning a church. They come in. And I was up teaching the word of God. And I got off on some things, some things that had spiritual things and whatnot that, you know, that a believer who is informed would just understand. But they, they, the couple got up and walked out, and the fella never came back. Now, I got angry on the inside, never said anything to anyone. But then this is when the Lord, out of that, that anger, because I thought, well, bless God, why did they walk out? That was such a wonderful spiritual, you know, 
thing that I said about tongues and interpretation there. Why did they walk out on that? Well, I'll tell you why they walked out. Because they're uninformed and and, and I never had a chance to teach them. All they hear is the, the tongues, you see, and they're going to think I'm crazy. So I don't ever have a chance to minister to them past that. And my attitude has been, well, I'm not going to put Holy Ghost in the back room. And I'm not. But that attitude, see what that attitude does? It, it, you know, I'm not putting the Holy Ghost in the back room. But what I'm saying is, is that it's time that we walk in love towards these people as well. Now, some time back, I had a young adult come to me when I was at the door greeting. Came to me and this person said, this young adult said, uh, Pastor, uh, because we were, we were going to have a certain service for, I don't know what it was, but it was a special service and we had told people, you know, hey, bring your friends and family and whatnot. She comes to me and she says, I've got some friends at school that I'd like to invite to the church. And then she said, but is any of that crazy stuff going to happen? And I got angry. Not at her. I didn't, she didn't know I was angry. If you, you know what I'm talking about? On the inside. Well, and, and, and so my response to her is, was this. Well, I'm going to flow with the Holy Ghost, so whatever happens, happens. She said, thank you. And went on, and I never saw, she, she found out later she, was, she wasn't going to invite those people because she didn't want to invite them to a place where that crazy stuff would happen. Now, I get angry at them, well, what crazy stuff? But, but it's scriptural. If people come in that are uninformed and they hear us speaking in tongues, what did Paul say? They're going to think we're great. Did you read that with me a while ago? And so. You know, I never had the opportunity then to perhaps minister to that to, to those young people. We can keep the Holy Ghost right out here in the services and minister to people. See, we're gonna, I'm going to read a scripture here and you're going to see what I'm talking about, about moving up higher with the Holy Ghost. And I think you'll be okay, because right now I can, I can imagine you're sitting there thinking, is he going to move away from the Holy Ghost? Real loud, say no. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about moving away from him. I'm talking about moving up higher with him. Now watch. Now, oh, before I get to that, though, I want to say this. On top of that young lady that came to me at the door, it was a young lady who came to me some time back, dozens of informed believers, listen to me here, dozens of informed believers have come to me over the years. And they've said to me that they will not invite unbelievers here or uninformed people here. And, and I would ask them why. And say, well, because, you know, some, some, this might happen or that might happen or whatever. And I'd get angry. And, and my response would be, well, bless God, I'm not putting the Holy Ghost in the back room. And I'm not. Say amen, I'm not. But they would not invite the uninformed or the unbeliever, and I'd get angry. But as the Lord began to show me, the reason that informed believers have not been comfortable inviting those who are uninformed or unbelievers is because the church really hasn't been set up for the unbelieving or the uninformed. It's been set up for our little group here of informed believers. 
But again, where does that leave the unbeliever? Where does that leave the uninformed? Where does it leave them? It le- you see what I'm saying? The church needs to minister to the informed believer as well as the unbeliever, as well as the... needs to minister in, in, to all groups. Now, now, just about the time you're sitting there and you're scratching your head, let's look at two verses again. Look at verse 24. 1 Corinthians 14, 24. Talking about vision here today. But if all prophesy. So if there's a word of prophecy, what is that? That's, a, that's, a, that's an utterance in a known language. Watch this. Now listen to this. And an unbeliever or uninformed person comes in. He's convinced by all, convicted by all. The secrets of his heart are revealed and falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. Now, I have some sad news for you. I've never seen that happen. And that's sad. My experience doesn't match that. Now, here's what people do. Look up here. Here's the word of God. Here's our experience. Now, we can do one of two things. We can believe God and move to a higher level to get our experience to match the word. Or what can we do? We can water the word down to get it to match our experience. I don't want to water the word down. I want to move the experience up. Now notice here, read this again. If all prophesy, this is verse 24. And an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in. He's convinced by all, convicted by all. The secrets of his heart are revealed. Falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. I've never seen that happen. And so that means my experience hasn't been in line with the word of God. You see, friends, listen, this, this is, I'll say it this way. This is prophecy on what I would call a higher level. See, when you look at prophecy in Scripture, when when the gift of prophecy is in operation and there's just all informed believers, it's going to bring edification, exhortation, and comfort. But when there's unbelievers present, and, and you know what I'm saying? It's what is it going to do? It's going to cause them to fall under conviction and be convicted in the secrets of their heart, be revealed and falling down. They'll worship God and say that God is truly among you, you see. That's prophecy on what I would call a higher level. You see, if it's done in line with the Word of God, and that's what I want to do here, dear friends. Listen, I want to move this church more in line with the Word of God, more in line with Scripture, so that on Sunday mornings or a Wednesday night, if there is a prophecy, can we still have prophecy on Sunday morning? Can we? Yes. Can we still have tongues and interpretation on Sunday morning? Yes, but if we have it, it needs to be in line with the Word of God and it should cause repentance, not repulsion. Unbelievers should be hitting the altar, not the door. They should be saying God is among these people, not these people are crazy. Did you hear what I just said now? Now listen carefully. 
I'm saying that can we still have a prophecy on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night? Yes. Can we still have tongues with interpretation on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night? Yes. What I'm, the only difference I'm saying here is that if we do that, it, we need to move up to a higher level. We need to do it in line with the Word of God. And if that is happening in line with the Word of God, then the person that is here that is an unbeliever should be saying God is among these people, not these people are crazy. They should be saying, I need to repent and get right with God, not I'm out of here, these people are nuts. Did you get what I just said? Now, did you get that? Because for years I've been part, a part of churches and, and around ministries and this church has been this way, as I'm telling you, God's correcting me, where, you know, on a Sunday morning we'll have tongues or right in the middle of my message I'll give out a tongue and interpret it. Will, it will bring edification, exhortation, comfort. But, but if there, I've never seen once yet where a, where a sinner has hit the altar, they always want to hit the door. They've never once said, uh, an unbeliever, God's truly among the... They go, those people are crazy. But if we could just... If we could just worship God and teach the Word of God and begin to teach these people and let the Holy Ghost move. Did you know the Holy Ghost can be moving when I'm teaching? We don't have to stop and say... Huh? Do you know Jesus, when he ministered to the woman at the well, he didn't say, hold it, I just got a word from heaven from my father right off the press. He didn't say it that way, did he? He just asked her a question. Now, you know he was hearing from the Holy Ghost, but he just asked her a question. He didn't go through the, what I've gone through and I've got to repent. You know, wait a minute, I just heard from God. You know, can't we just word that just a little bit different? You know, I stand up here and say, you know, I just heard from God. You will understand that he spoke to my heart. But if there's somebody here that doesn't understand that, they're going to think I'm crazy. Why don't I just say this? You know, I feel like the Lord put it on my heart. Wouldn't that be a lot better than saying, yay, thus saith the Lord. People are going to shut me off or even get get, it. The thing I have to say, they may need to hear that. But I package it in such a way that, that they've shut me off before I ever get to... Do you understand? See, I want... If we're going to have the gifts of the Spirit on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night, let's have them in line with this, with this Bible. Now you say, Pastor, why haven't, you, why haven't you taught on this sooner? Well, I've just missed it. But we're going to not miss it anymore as best we can. And let's have a church that, 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 that you know, that, that we can minister to all these groups of people, the informed believers, the uninformed, the unbeliever. And if there's prophecy on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night, let's let it be in line with the Word of God. And as a result, what's the acid test? Do you know what an acid test is? You know, what's the acid test that a prophecy was by the Spirit of God on a Sunday morning when there's unbelievers? Those unbelievers are wanting to hit the altar, not the door. They're, they're saying God's among these people, not these people are crazy. You're really going to have to meditate on this to see what I'm talking about. Am I talking about moving away from the Holy Ghost? No, I'm talking about doing what? Moving this church more in line with the Holy Ghost than we've ever been in line with Him before. 
A lot of times people don't like change. Did you know that? Particularly when it's in line with the Word of God. I don't like standing up here and telling you I missed it, but I can see I've missed it in line with the Word of God, so I'm going to correct myself. Now, what about tongues as a sign? What about tongues as a sign? Did you ever notice on the day of Pentecost? On the day of Pentecost, they had tongues. And if you read that over there in Acts, the second chapter, what did those people hear? They heard, they, they, they heard, they came to Jerusalem. There were many different people there from different dialects. And they heard the apostles speaking in their own languages the wonderful works of God. Do you ever notice, though, that it wasn't just that sign that caused them to get saved? Peter had to preach then that sermon on the day of Pentecost, and people understood what he was saying. And then 3,000 people got saved. But as a result of those tongues, listen, as a result of those tongues and preaching in line with the word of God, people got saved. Yeah, they thought they were drunk. Shouldn't we in a service once in a while go stumbling around like a drunk person? I'm going to talk to you about that this next month. The Lord's been showing me some stuff along these lines. I just can't get into it this morning for the sake of time. I'll tell you this right now, though. When somebody's overcome by the Holy Ghost, when somebody's overcome by the Holy Ghost, they're going to become a soul winner. I said they're going to become a soul winner. And I've just had about enough of watching people say they're overcome by the Holy Ghost and go stumbling around in a, in a, in a church like a drunk person, but yet you ask them, how many people have you won to the Lord? And they say, I don't have time for that. I'm too busy watching R-rated movies. And I just about have had my guts full of that. I just about have had my guts full of people stumbling around in a church service like a drunk person saying they're being influenced by the Spirit of God. And you ask them, how many people have you won to the Lord? And they say, well, no, I don't have time for that. But yet they'll stumble around in a service like a drunk person and everybody comes, thinks they're crazy. You find out they're watching R-rated movies and worse. Come on now. Now, I'm not saying that all people that stumble around like drunk people, I'm not saying anything bad about all of them. But what I am saying is, is we've put the emphasis that like when the Holy Ghost comes on somebody, that you're going to get drunk and stumble around. Well, why don't, let's line it up with the Word of God. Come on, let's get in line with the Word of God. And when the Spirit of God comes on us, let's, let's, let's yield, yield to Him and go out and win the lost. Not just have a little drunken party here at the church, spiritually speaking. Come on, let's move on. Let's move this church up more in line with the Word of God. Come on, and, I, and I'm number one at fault, so I'm, I'm changing. I'm standing before you as your pastor, saying, I'm sorry, I've missed it. Now, are we still going to flow in line with the Holy Ghost? Yes. yes, I just want it in line with this book. Can He still move in our services? Yes, but I want Him to move on, when we're having a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night, I want, him to, I want it on this higher level. Do you understand that? Now, I want to tell you all something. The teaching ministry is going to stay pretty much the same. The teaching ministry of this church is going to stay pretty much the same. What I mean by that is, see, my teaching ministry has been fine. I mean, I hadn't been perfect. But it's these other things we've done that we need to make an adjustment in. The teaching ministry has been, I think, pretty solid. Have I been perfect? No. 
but it's been pretty solid. I'm not going to come in here and tell you one Sunday how to have a good day and the next Sunday tell you how to have a better day and the next Sunday tell you how to have a more wonderful day. I'm not going to go to those mamby-pamby type little sermonettes. I'm just not going to do that. I can't do that. That's I'm a teacher. I'm a teacher of the Word of God. So I'm going to continue to teach the milk of the Word and the meat of the Word. Do you know what the milk of the Word is? The milk of the word is not telling people how they can just have a wonderful day. The milk of the word is repentance from dead works, faith toward God, the doctrine of baptisms, laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, eternal judgment. I'm still going to teach along these lines. I'm still going to teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm still going to teach on speaking with tongues. The only thing is, is I'm going to inform people of what it's all about rather than do it in front of them. They don't know what's going on. They think I'm crazy. Let's inform people first. Can you say? Amen. The teaching ministry is going to stay pretty much as you've known it. The only difference I would say that you might see is is that, you know, instead of me stopping and saying, you know, I just heard the Spirit of God just spoke to me, I'm I'm going to say, well, you know what? I I feel like the Lord just laid something on my heart. Wouldn't Wouldn't that sit better with most people? It's going to sit better with most people. And you get really, you don't even get the same result. You get a better result because people are going to listen to you when you phrase it that way. But see, some of us who've been raised around this other where, you know, oh, I just heard, wait, wait, Spirit of God speaking. If I do that, people are going to shut me off. I don't, why don't I just say, you know, I feel like the Lord laid it on my heart to say this and they'll, they'll listen. Notice verse 19 right here in 1 Corinthians 14. Watch this. Notice verse 19. Yet in the church. Look at this. Verse 19. Yet in the church. I would, Paul is saying this. In the church, I'd rather speak what? Five words with my understanding that I may what? Teach others also than 10,000 words in a what? He's saying it'd be better to say five words that people can understand than to, than to speak 10,000 words in a tongue. Now, now listen to me. All I'm trying to say here is the church, we're going to keep ministering. Now, listen carefully. We're going to keep ministering to informed believers. But what are we doing? We're enlarging our heart. And we're going to be a church that's also for unbelievers and people who are uninformed so we can inform them. But listen carefully. If I don't continue... If I don't continue to minister to the informed believers as well, then we will become what is typically known as seeker-friendly, and we will lose the power of God. And I'm not going to let that happen. Because I've watched pastors do this and see they're going to, okay, all right, well, we want the church to grow. We want to have more people, so we're going to make this change. And then what they do, they come over and they just start ministering to to the sinner and they just start ministering to people who are uninformed. And then what happens, the pulpit goes from being powerful to being pitiful. And you get the mamby-pamby little sermonettes. And then you lose all these other people who need more solid food. So what I'm going to have to do here is I just need to make an adjustment. I'm not going to change the pulpit. The teaching is going to stay pretty much as you've known it with just some little adjustments. Like I said, you know, instead of saying God just spoke to me, you know, I feel like the Lord wanted me to say this, you know, and I won't even grab my stomach. That throws people off too. I'll just, you know, I feel like, uh, 
I feel like the Lord. But so you know what I'm saying? I'm going to try to. But you see, I cannot stop ministering to you nice people. Because then you won't want to come here either because who wants to come every, every Sunday and, and hear, you know, just hear a message on the salvation message every Sunday after you've already been saved or just a, just a sermonette. I don't, I'm not capable of doing that. Do you see that all I'm saying here is we're going to stay pretty much the same just as it pertains to some of these utterance gifts and things, these verbal gifts. I want to line the word up, you know, more in line, line the church up more in line with the word and scripture rather than, than move away. I'm not moving away from any, from the Holy Ghost. I hope you respect me for what I'm doing. I mean, I know there's some people may not understand or you may misunderstand and some people, you're always going to have people that rah, 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 no matter what you do. You could, I've already seen people, you give them $500 and should have gave me a thousand, you know. So there's some people you just can't, you can't, nothing you can do. But I'm doing the best I can to make an adjustment. Now, what about, what about those times? Now listen to me. I'm almost done, but listen. What about those times when, you know, uh, People, you know, the power of God comes on somebody and see back in what happened in the 90s and on into the early 2000s, what happened is there was an overemphasis on physical demonstrations. And so you'd have people that would laugh, you know, they'd just laugh. How many have ever been in a service where there's laughing going on? And you see, now, if you know what that's all about, it probably won't bother you. But if you come in and you have no clue what's going on, you're going to think those people are crazy. I've even been in some services where there was some laughing going on. Not that I was conducting, but there was some laughing going on. And most of it was in the flesh and some of it was demonic. Now, it's the truth of the matter. So I'm still, I believe that there is a holy laughter. I believe that people can fall under the power of God. I believe that the power of God can, it's come on me sometimes and I've danced in the spirit or I've, I've run, run under the power of God. But you see, if we're doing that on a Sunday morning, you know, primarily or even a Wednesday night, but a Sunday morning and we got, we're believing God, why is, why would, why would God draw people in? to a place that these people come and we're representing God and, and they think we're crazy. It's no wonder that God hasn't really taken full hold with us as He's wanted to over these years. Because we've had a church that's just been for informed believers. Let's keep it as that, but let's enlarge our heart and let's make some adjustments and let's, you know, let's do things that they're going to hit the altar. Sinners are going to hit the altar, not the door. They're going to say God's among them, not these people are crazy. That's all I'm saying. But what about some, some, somebody says, well, I've just, I've just got to prophesy. Okay, but what's the acid test? That when you get done prophesying, the sinner wants to repent, not hit the door. Now, is that a higher level? That's a higher level. Well, what about the edification, exhortation, and comfort? What about the gifts of the Spirit? See, what I'm seeing as I study 1 Corinthians, there's a time when the church gets together and it's just the church... And, and the unbeliever's not present, the uninformed's not present, you know. And so we might, let me ask you this, listen to me. If you had people over to your house and they'd been there many, many times and they were familiar with you and your house, you might act a certain way. But if you had new people come in, you might act a different way, not because you were trying to, you know, 
be, be, you know, but you would, you'd be, you would love them and you would probably act a little bit different so they didn't think you were crazy or whatever. And that's all that I'm, that's all the Bible's telling us to do here. That's all. So what about those, what about those service? What about those times when somebody says, well, I really do have a prophecy. I really do have a tongue. I really do have an interpretation. Well, that's fine. But, but what we're going to do and what I feel the Lord directed me to do is have what's called informed believers meetings, informed believers meetings. And we're going to have those four times a year to start. And if they go well, and we see that people are interested, and they'll have them up on the screen. You can mark your calendar now. And we're going to have four Sunday nights, 6 p.m., and we're going to call them informed believers meetings. And, and those will be times, now listen carefully, these are times where you don't want to invite unbelievers. You can invite them the other 104 services we have a year. You don't want to invite uninformed people to these. Did you hear me? I said, did you hear what I just said? Okay? Because these are times where somebody might have a tongue. Somebody might have an interpretation. Somebody might have a prophecy. Somebody might run under the power of God. Somebody might dance. Somebody might shout. So that's not a time to invite the unbeliever or the uninformed. Now, somebody might sit out there and say, Well, Pastor, but I want to I do that every Sunday morning then why should God take hold with us to reach out to the sinner and the uninformed if when he draws them here, we get up and speak in tongues or we do this, that, or the other, run around the building, and maybe they die and go to hell. Now, is that what God wants because they think we're crazy? Is your running around the building more important than somebody being saved or... I, a, story, a word came to me that somebody had visited or something and they, they were looking for a church and, and some folk or maybe even I ran around the room and they, they said, well, they're, they're nuts. I'm not going back there. So I don't get a chance then to minister to them any further. So mark those. Believers meetings. Uh, informed believers meetings. Those are informed believers meetings. We're going to have four of them Sunday night, 6 o'clock. And, 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 and that's the time if you've got to prophesy, come and prophesy. Edification, exhortation, comfort, tongues, interpretation. We'll just have those kinds of services in those four dates there. Now, somebody's going to ask, can the, are, are we only going to let the Holy Ghost move four times a year? If, if, you, if you say yes to that, you've misunderstood this whole thing. Are we going to let the Holy Ghost move just four times a year? No, he's free to move in any of our services. But if you prophesy on a Sunday morning, it better cause the sinner to hit the altar, not the door. And that goes for me too. If there's tongues and interpretation on Sunday morning, I want to hear more than, yea, verily, yea, verily, my child, I love you, I love you. I, it, I, want, I want something that's going to come out that's going to cause by the Spirit a sinner to get saved. And they say, God's truly among you, not you're a bunch of maniacs. All you have to do is stand up here where I stood and then let the Lord deal with you. When I'm up here talking about tongues, interpretation of tongues, and I have, a, I have people get up and walk out, and it's not, that they're, it's not that they're mad at me. It's just that they think I'm crazy, and I don't have a chance to minister to them. Are you getting what I'm saying? So is the Holy Ghost free to move any time? Yes. Are we only going to let Him move four times a year? No. 
He can move anytime he wants. But let's, on a Sunday morning, Wednesday night, move on this higher level. We're moving the church more in line with the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something else. Verse 26 is a good verse to read. I'm running a little long, but I want to get this in. And then this, you'll see after today, the services will be a little shorter in length. You'll see that. Verse 26, how is it then, brethren, whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, teaching, tongue, revelation, interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. You see... These services would be a time then when if you have a tongue, an interpretation, an edification, extra, that would be the time for that to be done. Praise God. Then look at verse 27. If anyone speaks in a tongue, let it be by two. This is verse 27. Let it be by two at most three. Each in turn let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in the church and let him speak to himself and to God. Now here's something else the Lord has dealt with me on in line with Scripture. I'm not going to stand up here anymore on a Sunday morning and say, let's all pray in tongues. Let's all pray in the Spirit. Because what did verse 23 say? Verse 23 said that if you're having a service and the pastor says, let's all pray in tongues, and we're all praying in tongues, and there's unbelievers or uninformed people, they come in before we ever get to share the gospel with them, what are they going to say? They're going to say that we are crazy. But he did talk about speaking in tongues to yourself and to the Lord. You're free to do that in every service. Sunday morning, Wednesday night, I do it before I come up here every Sunday morning for years. I'm praying in tongues before I ever get up here, but nobody knows it. Why? Because I'm speaking to myself and to God. Am I ashamed of the Holy Ghost? No, it's just that to do that, it would, if I, what would you think if I was sitting over there just, just out where everybody could hear it? It would disturb things, wouldn't it? Huh? I mean, I mean, there's been times that I've come up here on a Sunday morning, but there's visitors here, and I get up and I've danced under the power of God and start speaking in tongues. Before I ever get to tell them about Jesus, they think I'm a star-graven nut. Now, let's just talk about some things here. So let's flow with the Holy Ghost, but let's line it up with the Scripture, and we'll see a greater move of the Spirit of God than we've seen. What is the greatest move of the Spirit of God you could see? Not somebody running around the room. Not somebody dancing. It's somebody getting saved. Somebody getting healed, bless God. Did you hear me? So the Lord wants me to make some of these changes, you see. And you can pray in tongues anytime, and you're welcome right now. Sit right there, pray in tongues between you and the Lord. Fine. But I'm not going to just say, let's everybody pray in tongues. Because... They're going to think we're crazy. But you can pray in tongues anytime you want. Raise your hands to the Lord anytime you want. The Bible says we ought to raise up holy hands. Is that right? Am I still going to pray for the sick? Yes, I am. Now, I'm going to do it at those believers' meetings, but I'll also do it at times on Sunday mornings. But if I do it on a Sunday morning, I'm going to teach about it first for about 30 minutes before I lay hands on people. That way, if there's people here that don't know about healing, I can inform them first. And they'll know what in the world's going on. I'm not talking about moving away from the Holy Ghost. I'm just talking about doing some things more in line with the Holy Ghost. Do you understand? And then the Bible says, let all things be done decently and in order. Don't forbid to speak with tongues. We're not forbidding anything. We just want to do things in line with the Scripture. Now I'm going to close by saying this. Now you you might not get the full heart of what I'm saying here one time. So you come back and listen. We'll go over bits and pieces of this throughout the whole month. And by the time we get to the end of the month, I believe that you'll, you'll, 
get my heart. Now, this is the last part I want to share with you, and then we'll dismiss. Here's something else the Lord wants me to change. He want, I, I apologize. I've been more of a drill sergeant running a spiritual boot camp here <laughs> than a pastor gently feeding the congregation the Word of God. And I have come across that way, I think, at times where I'm up here like a drill sergeant and uh, training a spiritual boot camp rather than gently feeding the congregation the Word of God. The Bible says as a pastor I'm supposed to be gentle. Now, I'm still going to let the Holy Ghost move on me. I'm still going to do all of that. But, but uh, sometimes I can be like a drill sergeant. You don't need a drill sergeant. You need a pastor to lovingly feed you the Word of God. I met one day with a fellow who never met with me in person. He had just attended the church and he just knew me from the pulpit. I'm sitting down and I'm talking with him over a... He had a cup of coffee. I had a Diet Coke, I think, or something like that. But we were sitting talking. I don't know what we were drinking, but it wasn't beer. And... <laughs> And we're talking. And he says to me, he says, more or less, he says, are you the Pastor Terry that stands behind the pulpit? And I said, <laughs> looked in the mirror, yeah, I think so. He said, he said, we were talking privately. He said, the first time you ever got to talk to me privately. He said, he said, are you sure you're the same guy that's behind the pulpit? And he said, I've never seen you where you're just gentle and kind and, and all of that. And I and so, and here he said this. He said, actually, at the time I was offended, but he gave me a compliment. He said, I like, he said, he said, he said, I like the guy I'm sitting here having coffee with more than the guy that stands behind the pulpit. Now, that's not true. Most ministers, no, most ministers, you like what you see in the pulpit better than behind the scenes when they're having affairs and this, that, and the other. But he gave me a compliment. He said, I like the guy that I see here in person better than the guy that's behind the pulpit. I said, why is that? He said, because you're so bold and so... I just can't relate to you when you're ranting and going on. Well, at least he was... Well, at least he was honest. But the Lord's been dealing with me. I'm still going to be a bold minister of the gospel. But I don't need to be so in your face that you feel like you just got, you know, like I just... You know, I can be kind of bold sometimes. And so I need to just be a... So one lady said, uh, she said, a little softer touch would be nice. So that's what I'm going to be, a softer touch. And, uh, but I need to soften things up a little bit. I, I'm a little bold sometimes. And I'm not going to lose that boldness in the fire. As ministers, we're supposed to be flames of fire. I'm not going to lose that, but the, man, don't worry. This, is, this pulpit's not going to be watered down. But I'm just saying, I don't need to just stick. Sometimes I'll just come and it's almost like I come out and just slap you with the Word of God. Sometimes you just need to feed something to somebody gently. And then also, too, you need to realize the Word of God doesn't always just teach wonderful things. Sometimes there's rebuke and chastening and correction, and I will continue to do that, or I'll shut the church down before I... And if you don't like to be rebuked by the Word of God, then this isn't the place for you. But I'm going to let the Word of God do it, and I'm going to do it in love, not by hitting you in the teeth with the Bible. Also, you won't believe it by today, but you're going to see that we're... Because today's a little different day, but starting Wednesday nights and next Sunday, the services are going to be shorter rather than longer. I was hoping everybody say amen. But because sometimes we're in here 12, 12, 15. That's ridiculous. We start at 10, we ought to be done by 11.15, 11.20, somewhere in there, and that's what we need to do. 
Now, if for some reason there is a, the Lord would lead us to go a little longer, I'm open to that. But if we can't get done, if I can't say what I have to say in 50 minutes, then I just need to make a two-part series out of it. So you're going to see that the services are going to be a little shorter than longer, and, uh, but they'll still be just as powerful, I trust. Glory to God. And now those informed believers meetings that we have, those could go a little bit longer as, as, as the Spirit directs. So those are the changes that I feel we need to make. And I know some people probably won't like it. Uh, when I shared this with my leadership, they actually almost gave me a standing ovation when I, when I shared the changes I'm going to make. But I realize there's always going to be somebody that's disgruntled and they're going to be disgruntled till, they're, till they go to heaven and then they can be disgruntled with Jesus. They, but I'm going to do what I feel God wants us to do to make this a place that's not only reaching out to informed believers but others as well. Also, last couple things, I'm going to start a ministry in this church for men. It's going to be called Mighty Men. We're going to do it four times a year. Going to be some of them are going to be on Friday nights, some of them are going to be on Saturday nights. We're going to start at 6:30 p.m. We're going to get together as men and we're going to pray for this church. We're going to pray for the ladies. We're going to pray for the whole church. And then after we get done praying, we're going to have have snacks and whatnot. And we're going to do that. We're going to call it real loud. Say, mighty men, mighty men. We're going to do it quarterly, and it'll be for men. And it'll be at 6.30, either on a Friday night or a Saturday night. We're going to spend time in prayer. I'm going to lead you in prayer, myself. And then after we're done leading in prayer, then we'll have a time of fellowship. We'll do that four times a year. And if we see it's going good and there's interest, then we can always increase it. Also, Pastor Diane, real quick, is going to take one minute and stand up there. She's got something for the ladies that we're going to do. Go right ahead, sweetheart. And it's going to be called a higher standard. I've noticed over the years that... Many of us just let our standards kind of decline and people over the years become more and more led by the flesh instead of by the word of God. And I want to route to encourage us all to commit to the word of God. And that's what we're going to do. The first meeting is going to be January 14th at 7 p.m. on a Thursday. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to teach how to conduct our lives according to the scripture and be real specific about specific things that we deal with. We're going to pray. We're going to have a time of practical sharing, um, like things about healthy eating, exercise, social graces, uh, helpful websites, makeup, scrapbooking, you know, just different things that women are interested in and would like to know more about. And um, the women's ministry is also going to be involved in outreach. We're going to have activities that we do to help other people. Amen. And you know, something we're going to do with the men as well is we're going to spend time talking and sharing with one another. It's just not going to be me teaching and praying. I'll pray. We're not going to be teaching. We're going to be praying. But it's going to be a time for us just to sit and talk as men and talk about men things. Because the women won't be there. It'll be men things. And that'll be good. And then social graces. I'm going to have John not teach me how to eat ribs, you know. <laughs> is he here today? Where is he at? He's not here. Okay, I pick on it. Okay, but you understand what I'm saying. So we're gonna. It's gonna be a good time. Now let's everybody stand, and we're also gonna make a change in the altar calls. And what I'm gonna do, and I'm just gonna go through, and we're gonna practice here, and then we'll be dismissed. But we're gonna make a change in the altar calls on Sundays. The Lord laid on my heart many, many weeks back to do this. Uh, I'm gonna do them myself because you see, if we, if God's gonna start drawing sinners. And, and different ones, 